Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off US versus China. Where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous US China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Business from Wired. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from TD Ameritrade. Meet their newest trading platform, Think or Swim Web. It has all the essential tools and strategies in a streamlined interface. No download necessary. Think or swim web. Trading streamlined. Visit tdameritrade.com slash think or swim web to get started. How COVID gums up the court system. Video feeds sometimes fail. Defense attorneys can't confer with clients and witnesses have a hard time reviewing documents. By Victoria Beckampas. Last August, one of the world's most infamous sex criminals, Harvey Weinstein, was due to appear virtually in a New York courtroom on a request to extradite him to California to face charges there. Reporters, due to COVID-19, mostly attended remotely. They were promised a video feed. They didn't even get audio. This left much of the press corps, who serves as the public's eyes and ears, in the dark. The proceeding ended before the link could be fixed. A transcript and pulled video were provided later. But the glitch robbed much of the public and press of seeing and hearing what happened in the courtroom. The court systems nationwide have long struggled to uphold the principles of the First and Sixth Amendments, which establish the rights to public access and fair and open trials, respectively. The pandemic has made things worse, as many courthouses closed or dramatically limited in-person proceedings. Officials deployed video and telephone conferencing. Many businesses and some schools found ways to operate using platforms such as Zoom, but the experience of the nation's courts over the past year is scattershot. Some have functioned well with remote participants, while others have struggled with the technology. Even conference calls used for some proceedings pre-COVID have proved unpredictable and buggy. During a recent U.S. District Court hearing about documents related to Jeffrey Epstein associate Ghislaine Maxwell, so many apparent QAnon followers dialed in that the public line was overwhelmed. Dozens of people, including many reporters, weren't able to listen. Even when remote courtrooms work well, advocates say they make it difficult to litigate cases and present obstacles for people accused of crimes to mount a defense. My client has a right to confront and hold the government accountable, said Tina Luongo, attorney in charge of the Criminal Defense Practice and the Legal Aid Society in New York City. They have a right under the Constitution to confront the witnesses and be present to hear what those accusations are. In a report last year, the Brennan Center at NYU said remote proceedings may unnecessarily put people's rights at risk. Virtual proceedings complicate and in some cases prevent routine communication between lawyers and their clients. 
Attorneys often talk to clients in breakout rooms, separate sessions, and a broader video conference before proceedings, and then join the main room for on-the-record business, Luongo said. This setup creates a problem if an attorney wants to consult with a client during a hearing. I can't do that virtually. In order to do that, I have to say to the court, I'm sorry, Your Honor, can you put us back in a breakout room, said Luongo, who now supervises courtroom attorneys. Sometimes judges don't do it. Mitha Nandago Palan, an attorney with the New Mexico Law Offices of the Public Defender, has participated in video trials during the pandemic for misdemeanors before a judge, without a jury. Being separated from a client impacts the quality of representation, Nandago Palan says. Having my client not in the room with me made it harder, Nandago Palan said. At least if we're in the same room, my client can pass me notes if they catch something that a witness was saying. Sometimes attorneys with the New Mexico public defenders will bring clients into the office so they can physically be together when appearing in a virtual proceeding. This potentially exposes both people to COVID-19, but clients benefit. In one situation, Nandago Palan said a client noticed that a witness's testimony didn't match their recollection of events. The client provided Nandago Palan with questions for cross-examination, which in turn spurred useful testimony for the defense. I don't know, that was something we could have caught, or that my client would have been able to convey to us quickly enough or specifically enough if the client weren't with her in the office, Nandago Palan said. In January, a Manhattan judge reluctantly postponed the scheduled criminal contempt trial of lawyer Stephen Donziger, who spent more than 20 years suing Chevron over pollution in Ecuador. Donziger's attorney said holding the trial remotely would be plainly impossible. There are thousands of documents in the case, and the technology has not gotten to the point where people can comfortably cross-examine witnesses remotely while referring to documents that the witness is now seeing for the first time, said Ron Kuby, one of Donziger's attorneys. Disparities in access to technology pose another hurdle to remote courtrooms, particularly for members of historically marginalized communities. The digital divide Americans who lack access to reliable internet service at home is more prevalent among communities of color. Disabled persons are especially threatened. A lot of disabled folks do have lower income, and there are a lot of disabled folks who are people of color, and also those folks do tend to have lower income as well, said Marissa Dikowski, whose work at legal assistance organization Zedek DC focuses on disabled persons in debt. That affects access to technology, access to reliable broadband. I've had clients who do not have their own phone. Remote proceedings can eliminate some accessibility issues at courthouses, which often lack things such as wheelchair-accessible entrances, but limiting in-person proceedings can cause other accessibility issues. Some persons with disabilities can't get clear instructions they need to navigate these systems. Platforms with pop-ups are not accessible for many people with limited vision. Sometimes sign language interpreters can't hear what's going on. It can be harder to focus or process, which poses more issues for hard-of-hearing folks, Dikowski said. Still, some courts appear to have navigated the COVID era reasonably well. In U.S. District Court in Massachusetts, Clerk of Court Robert Farrell said the court had to create a process for making video streams publicly available without violating a ban on broadcasting federal court proceedings. The court created an online sign-up system tied to the court calendar, he said. There's a list of proceedings on the court's website, each of which have a register here button. After submitting some personal information, you are emailed a confirmation prior to the proceeding. I tried it as a member of the public, and the process took less than two minutes. Because hearings are limited to those who sign up, video streams don't conflict with the prohibition against broadcasting. Automated sign-up lessens administrative burden on court staff, Farrell explained.
I also spoke with Noel Chessman, Chief Technology Officer of Florida's 15th Judicial Circuit Court, after virtually attending a proceeding that felt more like being in a physical courtroom than what I'd experienced elsewhere. When I received a link, it wasn't just for a specific case. The video stream allowed me to watch the judge address matter after matter. It reminded me of waiting around for an arraignment or calendar call. Chessman says judges in the district operate in different ways. Some post Zoom links to proceedings, while others only provide them on request. He credits the county's e-filing system with easing concerns about technology. Judges were more used to doing things electronically, Chessman said. They're more facile with technology. Since May, the U.S. Supreme Court has heard oral arguments by phone and streamed live audio for the first time. All federal appeals courts will provide live audio of proceedings in 2021, according to Fix the Court. So if the tech is available, and some courts are making it work to some extent, why are others struggling? It's just a long-standing problem. There wasn't enough impetus to fix it all just now, and so a lot of people are having to learn technology that they should already know, said Corinne McSherry, legal director of the Electronic Frontier Foundation. It requires an investment of resources, and it requires a commitment, but I don't think it requires reinventing the wheel, McSherry said. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com slash business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.